At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Hit us all up at VSIN Live. The day was exciting. Uh, Memorial Day. I tweeted out earlier on Monday when the baseball card was up on the VSIN Daily Best Bets page that, you know, while you're enjoying the pool and the baseball and the barbecue, just take a moment to reflect on why we have Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, yes, while we should thank our, you know, men and women who have served this country every single day, Memorial Day is specifically for those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice and lost their lives in defense of this country. So uh, you take a moment and think about them. We should be thinking about them all the time. But I hope that everyone out there did take some time to appreciate that while you know, maybe you had a day off from work or you sat out by the pool and enjoyed a little barbecue. Uh, I enjoyed the baseball during the day, but I really enjoyed the hockey at night. Two best words in all of sports are Game 7. And Game 7 in the Stanley Cup playoffs, more so than any Game 7. Because in hockey, it just hits differently. It's a different game. And the Rangers... As an underdog in Carolina in Game 7, a place where the Hurricanes were undefeated in this playoffs. And they actually have the longest winning streak in Game 7s in the playoffs. The Rangers, I think, were 7-1 and one in their last eight Game 7s. Their last Game 7 loss was 2015... 2015 to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Finals, who coincidentally they will match up with here in the Eastern Conference Finals once again. Rangers go into Carolina. They beat the Hurricanes 6-2. to Igor Shosturkin was, was magnificent once again. Uh, the Vesna Trophy uh, favorite is going to win the award. He's also a Hart Trophy finalist as the league MVP. Um he, this entire postseason, has just been great with the exception of, you know, maybe a couple of periods there against Pittsburgh in the first round. But he's the reason why the Rangers this season had 30-somewhat wins while being outshot by their opponents. 
And in this game here against the Hurricanes, he was spectacular once again. There were a couple of big moments here where, you know, Carolina could have gotten back into this game. And he stopped them. 37 saves on 39 shots. Uh, the Rangers managed just 30 shots. Uh, 18 on Antti Ranta, who had to leave the game with a lower body injury. He, um, there was an opportunity where the Rangers could have extended their lead. And Ranta made a really big stretch and looked like he pulled the muscle. Uh, trying to get from you know post to post there and keep the puck out of the net. And he was replaced by... Um, the rookie, guy uh, Piotr um, Kochetkov, who wasn't in America until February and came over from Russia, and so now he's in net. here. He had to come in in relief of Ranta when he got pulled in Game 6, and I thought it was a great move by Brindamore to pull him in that Game 6 because, you know, the Rangers clearly had that game. They had the lead. They had the momentum. They had the crowd there at Madison Square Garden. And Ranta just looked fatigued. You know, you're playing day after day. There's no, you don't get days off here. You get one day in between games. And so I thought it was a great move by Brindamore pulling him in game six to let him rest for game seven. And uh, he looked good, Ranta, at the start of the game here. Gave up two power play goals to the Rangers, but the Rangers on the power play have been elite this season. And so it was 2 nothing. And then uh, he had to come out of the game. Unfortunately, due to the uh, injury, and the Rangers quickly put in a couple of goals on Kochetkov, and there was at one point where Carolina scored to make it. It was in the third period, so the Rangers were up three nothing going to the third. Rangers go up four nothing on the Chris Kreider goal, and Carolina scores and makes it four one. And at that point, there is about. I guess, 12 minutes left in the game. And it's 4-1. to one. And you're just thinking, Carolina's explosive enough that if they get the next goal and it's 4-2, this thing becomes dangerous, right? What's the, what's the saying? The worst lead in hockey is a two-goal lead, right? So it gets dangerous if Carolina can score and make it 4-2. Well, literally 50 seconds... After Carolina scores to make it four to one, Philip Heedle scores and makes it five to one. And at that point, game over. It's all she wrote. So the Rangers get the win. And uh, I wasn't surprised. I, I bet it. They, you know, they say, don't bet with your heart. I bet with my heart and my head. Not only did I take the Rangers to win as, as the underdog, but I bet them on the reverse puck line. I laid minus a goal and a half with the Rangers at plus 305. Uh, because I felt the Rangers would win, and in a game seven that doesn't go into overtime, it's always going to be a multi-goal win. I mean, I, I, I'd almost, I don't know this for a fact, I'd have to go back and look at all the game sevens, but just in my theory of, of watching hockey, it's in a game seven, you're down a goal, like your goalie's pulled. <laughs> it's just... You gotta you gotta get that equalizer, and, and the you, the odds of getting an empty netter are just they're very very high. Uh, even in this one, the Rangers were up five to two and still got an empty netter to make it six to two. So I love the Rangers to win this game, and uh, that's why I bet them at minus a goal and a half 
uh, instead of just the plus 135 on the money line. So now you look ahead. Eastern Conference Finals, Rangers and Lightning. Boy, this is going to be a great series. It's no fluke that Tampa is back in the Eastern Conference Finals. They are the defending back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. And they are led by an experienced group, but also they are led by a goaltender in Andre Vasilevsky that performs at his best in the playoffs. This dude, it's not just the uh, elimination games. It's just his ability to up his game when it matters the most. And between him and Shesterkin, the two Russian goaltenders going up against each other, I, I, I am just, I, I can't wait to see what this is going to look like. Each game in this series is probably going to be a total of five and a half. We know that's the total for game one. Probably going to be the total for all of these games, much like we saw in this Rangers-Hurricane series. And I think that this is going to be an under series. That's the way I see this playing out. Um, between both of these goaltenders, these are this is going to be 2-1 games, 3-2 at the most, 3-1, you know, with an empty netter, one nothing. Like, I think we're going to get shutouts. This is going to be uh, a goaltender series between Vasilevsky and Shesterkin. Just look at Vasilevsky's numbers, by the way. In his eight-year career, two-time Stanley Cup champion, by the way, right? Um, Vezina Trophy winner. He, he had a stretch, by the way, where he was the Vezina Trophy winner, and then he finished, like, third, like, back-to-back years or second back-to-back years. Anyway, so he's got a 919 career save percentage and a 2.50 goals against average. He's had 28 shutouts in 355 starts. His career in the playoffs, he has had he has a 9.25 save percentage, a 2 Two four goals against average and seven shutouts in 87 starts. He elevates his game when he's in the playoffs. And so it's so hard betting against this Tampa team. I do think that the Rangers are live in this series. I get it. Tampa is the favorite. However, the Rangers have home ice. And they have been very good at home in these playoffs. And so at a plus 160 series price, with the Rangers having home ice advantage, I, 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 think, that's, I think that's the value there. You know, Tampa, of course, they win one game at Madison Square Garden. They steal home ice advantage. And maybe this game one is the game to take them because the Rangers are coming off Another game seven, and they only have one day off while Tampa's been sitting here resting and waiting. 
So maybe the Lightning are the move in game one. But ultimately, I think the Rangers are absolutely live in this series. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare and it would not surprise me to see them win and go to the stanley cup final but the way that i'll attack this is probably going unders in all of these games between Shesterkin and Vasilevsky, I just can't see it getting to six in these games. I'm Scott Satterberg. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Scott's On Air. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, the Dream Preview Podcast, as we'll talk about the NBA Finals and so, so much more. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here on The Look Ahead, Scott Sadenberg here, joined in studio by Mackenzie Rivers from Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, the Dream Preview Podcast, as we break down everything going on this week in the sports betting world. But before we look ahead to the NBA Finals, Mackenzie, let me ask you, going back to last night's Game 7 between the Heat and the Celtics, um, how in the world did that stay under? <laughs> 196, well, it depends where you got it at. If you would have got 195 and a half for that heartbeat that it was there, then the over over hit for you. But game sevens continue to go under uh, over 60% of the time. However, I don't think you can bet them uh, you know, before tip-off or an hour before tip-off. I think there's about a five-minute window, and this it was, it was 10 minutes a month ago. Is five like The action is so extreme right when these lines are posted. 201 and a half, it was posted on Bet Online game seven. Ten minutes later, it was 195 and a half, and we saw some buyback when Tyler Hero ended up playing. But got to be very quick in these markets. Wow. So moving very, very quickly. Um, I don't know where you were on that game. I had the Heat uh, money line, and I, I also had the under, and I did the under second half, which was nice because that was not even close at 102 for the second half. We had a 39-point fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, the Celtics did everything to give that game away at the end. I don't know what Marcus Smart was doing shooting those threes with as much time as was left on the shot clock, but when Jimmy Butler had the ball in his hands and decides to pull up with that three, what's going through your mind? Uh, All my money on the Celtics to win the series and how (laughs) this was going to be the greatest loss in my betting life history because, I mean, 
they were gigantic favorites in game six, and they were gigantic favorites from, they were like minus 600 live favorites from five minutes to go in the third, first quarter to like three minutes to go in the game. They were, at any point, they were huge favorites. And when, I mean, when he took the shot, what is he, like 30% to make it? What are they, like 40% to win the game at that point? It was, at, it was like the same line from before the series, before the game even was played, when he took that shot. What do you think about that shot? Should he have taken that shot? Jimmy Butler is, you know, the ballsiest player in the NBA, arguably. Uh, a guy got ran out of town in Minnesota and Philly because he wanted to win to, so much. Eric Spolster said he loved it. I don't love it. He was 8 for 42 this year from pull-up threes. Mm. I get it's the moment. You know, it's spring. It's, it's everything that you want as a basketball player your whole life. You live for those moments. Uh, you got to lean on your best skill, though, and that's what he didn't do. Uh, pulling up for three on Al Horford there. I, I thought that um, that clearly he was he was wide open. The no shot doubt. was wide open. No doubt. I I just hate his line drive shot because it doesn't create good rebounds. Right. So when you shoot a line drive like that and it clanks off the front of the rim, it bounces far away. Whereas if you have like a high arcing shot, maybe it dangles off the rim a little bit, hits off the backboard, you can get a, a rebound closer to the basket. So that's the one thing that I don't like about Jimmy's line drive uh, three-pointer there. But when you're looking at it, you're like, dude, a quick hesitation move. Horford comes out to defend you. You blow right by him for a layup to tie the game. But I spoke to our our NBA uh, analyst, Jonathan Montoba, earlier on the program, and he made a good point. Miami's not winning that game in overtime. No. So at that point, at that point, it was almost like, it was almost like a football team going for two, knowing like you go for two at the end of a game. Some people say, oh, you play for overtime at home. You go for two on the road. No, no, no. You go for two at the end of a football game when you know you're not going to win in overtime. Like your best chance to win the game is on that one play right there instead of, you know, going into overtime because maybe your team is beat. Maybe there's injuries. You're tired. You just can't stop them defensively. There's a whole bunch of reasons that go in. Same thing here in this game. Miami was not going to win that game if it goes another five minutes. No. So their best chance to win that game, and I don't know if this is going through Jimmy's head at that point, but their best chance to win the game was by him shooting that three. You, you, may, you raise some good points. Uh, I think you can still get the and one, so there's still a possibility of winning it in regulation, but that is your best chance because he played 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. He played 46 minutes in game six. So he were the worst, were the inferior team. And they had a 50, seemingly 50-50 chance to win the title or to win the Eastern Conference, the entire playoffs, because they had, they had grit. They had, I mean, Jimmy Butler had to play, like, literally historic, like, once in a decade, twice in a decade type games in games one and game six, statistically, if you look at some of the advanced metrics. Just incredibly efficient, and they won by, like, three points. And then they won by five points. And they kept keeping themselves in the series with the market. We talked about this before, this, before the series, before game one was played, I came on the show. Market was saying Warriors or Celtics minus 180 in the series. Hmm. Significantly better. Game one, it was plus two. You asked me, game seven, what's the line going to be if it gets to game seven two weeks ago? I said pick them. Ended up being minus two and a half. All the money throughout the series, they didn't care what they saw. They didn't care about the close wins. Was on the Celtics being the better team. By the way, they almost did not cover. I know, right? Minus two and a half. They almost did not cover that line. Uh, so Obviously now, the Jimmy Butler three, but also the yeah, Struce three. The Struce three Man, taken off talk the about board. A heart attack. And also, like, I, I, just because I'm I'm like this, I keep track of random things. And the Heat made 
three three pointers after the whistle. You know, like when when a guy like you know, uh, let's say uh, a perfect example is a guy's dribbling, driving the lane, and he passes the ball to the corner, but he gets called for the charge, right? right? right. And the guy who catches it and releases it in the corner makes the three. That's funny you mentioned that. It happened three times where the Heat made three-pointers after the whistle was blown because of foul calls. Gabe Vincent in the corner, I remember that, third quarter. And if just one of those counts... Like if so, like if it's not a foul called on the play or yeah. something like that, you know, it's just it's fluky. But my brain keeps track of things because like they didn't that. know that they didn't know it was going to be counted or not counted. Especially yeah. Max Struess when he stepped out of bounds. Yeah. That's just the general three, and it's just kind of bad luck that they shot eight for thirty in the game, and they were three for three when it didn't count. Four so, for four when it didn't count if you count the Struess one. True. So it's actually, three right. after the whistle, and then the one Max Struess that got taken off the board. All right, granted, granted, yeah. that's twelve points. If you by twelve the way, points, and they they only lost by four, so they could have won. But by the way, shot quality. There you says go. that the Miami Heat <laughs> I know you, I love should that. have won that game. It's funny because the Miami Heat were three and ten by shot quality entering that game. They had mm. historically like just gotten lucky, or you know maybe it's their greater their calm demeanor in the playoffs. I think there's a lot of things that go in there, but not when they needed it most. When they needed it most, the luck variance was not in their mm-hmm. favor. And uh, I mean, is this just a segment? On, on, I'm trying to like, like, con- like. Support you for your loss on the heat. Like it's, it's okay. A, no, I, I'm they should have won. They were better. What do you want? This you is had my the right this money is, in the right spot. This is my way of maybe I'm trying to downgrade the Celtics a bit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, going into these NBA finals, what do you think about? Is it priced correctly? You're seeing Warriors around minus one fifty now. I know in some places it had gone up. Yep. I'm seeing minus one fifty and game one price Warriors three and a half at home. I think this is the one. Uh, game one where you're seeing a major downgrade over a team that just won. You mentioned it uh, just from your eyes and seeing and feeling the Celtics. It seemed like all their warts popped up in game six and game seven with the turnovers and Marcus Smart taking the last six shots for the Celtics down the stretch. I mean, he's not a top 50 NBA offensive player. He's taking the last six shots for your team in the most important moment. And I agree with the market that they should be downgraded. They were minus 130 a week ago in this potential matchup. Now they're minus 160 most places uh, I don't think that's Warriors love as much as the public loves the Warriors. I think the market is saying the Celtics, as much as their margins might get, get there, in these close games, they don't trust them as much as they did a week ago. All right, so what's your early assessment here on this series? I like Steph Curry and Jason Tatum to win finals MVP more than I like either series price. I so think, you're going chalk with the MVPs. Very chalky, very chalky. I think the, the guy that just won the Eastern Conference Award and won the Western Conference Award is going to get it because – when all the stats are diversified and there's different guys getting different stats, mm-hmm. we saw this with Tim Duncan back in the day most of the time. The best player just gets the nod. And this is his sixth NBA Finals, Steph Curry's. He's, I don't think he's going to go over six if he wins. He should have won his first one. I think the voters will keep that in mind if it comes down to it. Uh, I think Clay Thompson has a maybe one in ten chance. I don't think anyone else really does on the Warriors. Now, he, so plus one ten is better than minus one sixty. I agree with that if you're looking at a series price. Now, the reason why I don't think that that narrative exists anymore of, with Curry is because of this new Western Conference Finals MVP. You think it alleviated it some? I can see that. I think it alleviates this whole, well, we got to give Steph an award. Yeah. You know? Like, we got to give him a trophy because he, he should have been the NBA Finals MVP in 2015, and, and he, he deserves it. 
I think now he got his award. He got his trophy. He got his moment. Yeah. And I think it's going to come down to really who has the impact in these games. And if you look back at that 2015 series, it was game four, which was the pivotal game when the Warriors put Iguodala in the starting lineup. They moved Draymond to center. They went with the death lineup. And he shut down LeBron to the point where Timothy Mozgov was the leading scorer for the Cavaliers in that game. So, so you shut down LeBron. He scored 22 or something like that. So he was the leading scorer in the game. And yes, Steph was the leading scorer in two of the other games. But Iguodala was the leading scorer in two of the four games. And when you looked at him, yeah, I think, okay, we can argue about Steph, but I think I agree. I think he got his flowers. I think this has been the playoffs where he kind of got it. What else can I take from this 2015 series? Make some money? To make some money. I'll explain next. He's Mackenzie Rivers. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VC. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back here on the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg, joined in studio by Mackenzie Rivers over here from Fox Sports Radio, straight out of Vegas, the Dream Preview Podcast. And Mackenzie, we left off with a little teaser about that 2015 NBA Finals in which Andre Iguodala won the MVP over Steph Curry. And I'm going to give you my pick for NBA Finals MVP and why it's similar to Iguodala winning in 2015. The narrative there was that the defense on LeBron James and uh, his contributions were immeasurable, right? Right. Marcus Smart right now at Circa is 100-1 to to be the MVP. Not shocked. This is a guy who... In game one, had 24 points. In game seven, or in game two, because he missed game one. Game two had 24 points. Game seven, he had 24 points. Both of those wins. He had three steals and two steals in those games. But if he has those similar type games in, let's say, three of the Celtics wins, not just two, because in the other games, he didn't really do much. And obviously, he's coming off the injury. So let's say he has... Three out of the four wins for the Celtics. And obviously, the Celtics need to win the NBA Finals for this to happen. Three out of the four wins, Marcus Smart's got 24, 25 points. And in those three wins, let's say, he is responsible for completely shutting down Steph Curry to the point where Curry, Curry has like 18 points. And, and the Celtics win these three games without anybody from the Warriors going off and having... Uh, they have a game like they did, uh, uh, you know, the bad, the bad loss to the Mavericks where none of their starters really did anything. If Marcus Smart's the defensive reason, now he is the defensive player of the year, if he is the defensive reason why Steph Curry is, doesn't do anything in this series and he contributes with 25 points in, in three of the wins, Marcus Smart's going to be your finals MVP. I can see it. I can see 101 coming through for you there. There's a few things working in your in your favor. Number one is Steph Curry's like clearly the brand name guy coming in, mm-hmm. and what were Andre Iguodala's odds uh, as a sixth man in the? I mean, I, I could look it up, but it was like seventy-five to one. It was it was very high because people couldn't see how much his defense would matter. And I think the number one offensive or number one advantage in the series for the Celtics is their unselfishness, and we saw that the game plan, game six, game seven versus the Heat. Jason Tatum had like three shots combined in the second half. They were doubling them. 
They're going to play equal opportunity offense. They're going to pass it. And Marcus Smart is probably the guy that Jordan Poole gets stuck on. Not, not going to be a very good matchup for him. Probably a guy that Steph Curry will have to guard. He is uh, probably their weakest offensive option, which means they're going to put the worst defender on him, which gives mm. them a great shot to have big games in the series. Hits a couple of threes, winds up with 24, 25 points in, in a couple of these games. Like I said, yeah. game two, he had 24 points. Game seven, he had 24 points. So there's a chance there for Marcus and, Smart. And what did game two and game seven had in common? He had just recently had rest. Mm-hmm. And Rob Williams probably won't be right at any point in this playoffs, and his defense has fallen off a cliff. But Marcus Smart, with that foot injury, with that quad injury, I think can make a major improvement health-wise in the next three days. And that's all I'm asking for, 100 to one shot here. At the circus, what do you price book. that? What do you think the, the odds are? I would say he's forty-five to one everywhere else. Right? Yeah. yeah, that seems a lot. That seems forty to one. It seems like you know three five percent. Part of me betting this is just buying into the right. price, right? Because right. he's forty-five to one everywhere else. Yeah, just shopping. That makes sense. So I mean, I see it at hundred. I think he's eighty to one at the Westgate, maybe. But I think hundred to one right down here. I'm placing this bet. Marcus Smart. Man, you're very opposite for me. My my look was chalk, chalk, chalk. Jason Tatum plus mm-hmm. one seventy, Curry plus one ten. But if I was going to pick a flyer, that's the best flyer I've heard of. So yeah, far. because there's no flyer on the Warriors that you're going to pick. Like, I don't, I have no interest in Draymond. Clay, that you lost the value on the number weeks, yeah. like a week ago, because prior to his 32 point performance right. in their win, you could have gotten Clay at like maybe 20 to 1, 25 to 1. You lost the value on him. Kavon Looney's not winning finals MVP. No Andrew Wiggins is not winning it. You know, years, it's no. not going to go to Nemanja Bialica. So <laughs> he is. He's, Wouldn't that be funny? He's 10 for 10. Yeah, yeah. He hit a, a game seven. This is changing NBA history right before our eyes. Nemanja Bialica. Could you imagine that? No, I don't, I don't think. Uh, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. I think this is a more. We were talking about. I was talking about this with my friend Sleepy on uh, the Dream Preview podcast. You never mentioned, by the way, it's R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast is the full name. Let's get that. Oh, so, Let's yeah, that right. you got to have top. He's got to have top billing. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. It's not, see, I, see I, I look at it as a whole. All right, as, we're, all, we're all team here? Okay. You are a conglomerate. Yeah, yeah. It's I the mean, Dream Preview podcast. We're definitely right, it's R.J. Bell's pre, uh, Dream Preview podcast. We're definitely an institution. But <laughs> I think this Warriors team might be more Steph-dependent than even hmm. when they won it in 2014. And even, I mean, obviously, when Kevin Durant got there, they weren't as Steph-dependent. Sure. But I don't think Clay Thompson has the shot that he did in previous finals. I mean, game six, Thompson did show up, you know, twice in the last couple of weeks and had big games. But he's gone under his prop, his points prop, about 20 and a half. Uh, I think every time but one out of the last seven, he's not getting it done. And Jordan Poole, as the, as the stakes have gone up, he's kind of, you know, worse defensively. We see this later in the playoffs, taking fewer minutes, taking fewer shots. I think Curry probably, against the Celtics team that uh, – they're number one defense in the league, but they actually give up a few more points to point guards in other positions, probably because they play Marcus Smart. They just say, hey, one-on-one, we can, we can deal with it. Uh, I think Curry has a big series. He puts up a lot of points. Well, I would agree they are Steph-dependent, and, and I think it's maybe a little bit of a knock on Clay, and, and rightfully so, because with the exception of that performance that we saw in the most recent game, he hasn't done that. Uh, I mean, early in the playoffs, he had one game as well that was like that, but – when I compare both these teams and I compare the units and what you're getting from each group, like the scoring of the Celtics, I argued I'd rather have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown over Steph and Clay because of what they are able to do with their athleticism. They're more dynamic. They can shoot the threes just like Steph and Clay can, but they can also get to the basket and create opportunities. Whereas Clay Thompson's not doing that. 
for the Golden State Warriors. So the scoring edge I would give to the unit of the Celtics rather than the unit of the Warriors. And then defense and rebounding. That's not even close. Yeah. I clearly take Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Robert Williams over Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and Kevon Looney. So I'd almost take every bench, maybe you could argue, if Otto Porter and Iguodala play. You'd probably rather have Porter, Iguodala, Jordan Poole than Grant Williams, Derek White. Yeah. So that is the only place that I think I'd rather have the Warriors. But again, Porter and and Iggy are injury concerns. I mean, they both practiced on Monday, so that's a good sign. But I don't know what their availability is going to be like for game one or for just the entire series. So I guess what I'm trying to say is is I I, kind of like the Celtics in this series. You're, make, you're making some strong arguments, and the Warriors, it seems like it's been clean and easy. They started off the playoffs 3-0 and ATS, only 6-7 and ATS since then. Where have they had their real competition? You know, I mean, they had one game with, with a fully healthy Grizzlies team that was close in game one, and then they had a Mavericks team that was probably a year out. So you look at the net rating, just a simple how well you've done against your margin – Warriors number two in the playoffs. Celtics, it seems like it's been a lot harder of a road. Mm-hmm. They have the number one net rating in the playoffs, wow. just like they did the last three months of the regular season with a bullet. How much do you think the Warriors, obviously this stat has been bandied around, 123 playoff games, exper- finals games experience. Celtics zero. Al yeah. Horford, longest tenured playoff player ever, never to make the finals. Yep. He's finally there. I tend to think it's a little bit overrated because the, War- the Celtics, they've been in five game sevens. They've been in a long a lot of deep playoff runs. I feel like just because it hasn't been the finals so, doesn't make it that different. You know? All right. I, I, I made this argument when talking about the Rangers going into the Stanley Cup playoffs. They won today, by the way. Yes, they did. Congrats on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, I took alternate puck line, by the way. <laughs> nice. On the underdog. Plus 305. Oh, come on. Um, it, I, I talked about this with the Rangers because I said the Rangers are, good, are a good bet to a long shot go to win the Stanley Cup. And before the playoffs. Before the playoffs. And their youth is the thing that everyone pointed to, the inexperience, right? That they, they're so young, they don't, they don't know. And I said, maybe, maybe the youth is the blessing because sometimes ignorance is bliss. Right. And not knowing the magnitude of a moment could actually benefit you as opposed to someone who's been there before. Like going into that game seven against the Penguins, the Penguins had all the experience. Crosby, Malkin, Latang, 16 straight years of going into the playoffs. And here's this young bunch of Rangers, and I said, not knowing the, 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 just how the pressure of the moment could benefit them. I feel the same way about the Celtics. These guys haven't played in this moment before. Whereas the Warriors, they understand it, they know it, I don't know. I, I feel like the experience might be a little over overplayed. I do, too. And don't you think the Celtics kind of are playing with house money at this point where they knew how big the moment was if they would have lost to the Heat as favorites in Game 6 and yes. Game 7? Yes, especially blowing the way they did. Now they're 24 and 25, their best two players. They, they've won the Eastern Conference. They've slayed Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo. I feel like the way they play, which is so unselfish, so egalitarian, now is the time where they actually let loose. And they say, well, we could lose this series to an all-time great team and be all right reputation-wise. Let's just, you know, let's fire them up. Uh, Celtics have some value here, although there's a very negative trend. We talked about this last time. After a Game 7, playing a team that's not playing a Game 7, 38% against the spread, mm. over 50 games. And if you give that team five days of rest, the opponent, so you're off a of Game 7, and like the Warriors, there's a lot of rest. Yep. 
twelve and three. Twelve there and is. three for that team. So he's uh, Mc- after game one, bet the Celtics. He's Mackenzie Rivers. Follow him on Twitter at Mackin Rivers. I'm Scott Sadenberg. It's the look ahead on Visa. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here for only $39. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the business right here at vsin.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel will have best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Sadenberg back here. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Let's take a look at what we got going on in Major League Baseball. First off, just a little bit of an overview. I want to talk about who's streaking in one way or another. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gamble problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply from BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip I thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is Uncanny USA he says somebody's in the house and I screamed Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The Toronto Blue Jays have won five straight games, so they are a team that is uh, streaking in the right direction right now. Blue Jays winning five straight games, seven of their last ten games. Uh, Also winning uh, some games here, you have the New York Mets, who have won four straight games. And uh, looking like a team, I thought they were due for some positive regression, but not quite the case as they just continue to uh, win games. So those are the two longest winning streaks in Major League Baseball. Uh, There is no three-game winning streak in, oh, yeah, there is. The Brewers have won three straight. So that's it. Brewers with three straight wins, Mets with four straight wins, and the Blue Jays with five straight wins. Those are the longest winning streaks in Major League Baseball. As far as the losing streaks, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have lost five straight games, three and seven in their last 10 games. The Chicago Cubs have lost three straight games. Those are your only long losing streaks of three or more in Major League Baseball. Let's take a look at the board here 
for Tuesday, the final day of May 2022, and see uh, what we like here on the early looks. Uh, Twins take on the Tigers in a doubleheader. First game at 110 Eastern time. It's going to feature, uh, let's see, the Twins minus 150 with Devin Smeltzer on the hill for them. So minus 150 on the Twins. Total of eight and a half in that game. Rony Garcia goes uh, on the other side for uh, the Tigers there. So Twins and uh, Tigers game one at 110 Eastern time. Game two is going to be at 410 Eastern time. No line on that game. No, you know, we'll see who's pitching in that. Uh, let's see. You got uh, the Royals and the Guardians. Cleveland minus 145. Cal Quantrill on the hill for Cleveland. He goes up against Lynch for the Royals. Total of nine and a half. In that game, Phillies and the Giants in a spot where Philly has not looked good. They have lost four straight games. Uh, failed to mention them with the losing streaks. Uh, so you got the Cubs losing three straight, Philly losing four straight, uh, Angels losing five straight. So Philly has lost four straight games. They will look to bounce back with Ranger Suarez on the hill for them. Uh, the lefty puts good numbers. Uh, he's going to go up against Jacob Junis. For the Giants, Philly is minus 130 at home with a total of nine. Angels and Yankees from uh, Yankee Stadium. We get a TBS game. How about that? So uh, I'll be actually be able to watch it. It won't be blacked out. At least I hope not. Uh, Angels and Yankees. Noah Syndergaard going up against Jordan Montgomery. The Yankees are minus 135 with a total of eight and a half. No line between the Mariners and the Orioles as Baltimore has yet to announce a starting pitcher. George Kirby's going to start for Seattle. Great pitching matchup in Toronto. The Blue Jays, who have won five straight games, hottest team in baseball right now. Uh, They will send Kevin Gosman to the mound against Lucas Giolito for the White Sox and Toronto, a heavy favorite at minus 170. Red Sox will host the Reds. Boston minus 145 with Michael Waka on the hill. Luis Castillo goes for the Reds. The Nationals will take on the Mets. Trevor Williams going for the Mets, who are minus 180. They have won four straight games. Patrick Corbin on the hill for the Nationals. And the Nationals do not have a good record in Patrick Corbin starts. He's 1-7 on the year with a 6.3 ERA. Padres take on the Cardinals. Adam Wainwright against Blake Snell. St. Louis is minus 130, total of eight and a half. Snell in his uh, short time this season, 0-2 with a six ERA for the Padres. Brewers will take on the Cubs. Eric Lauer gets the start for Milwaukee. They are minus 140. Justin Steele goes for the Cubs. Rays and Rangers, Texas minus 135. How about that? Texas is favored over the Tampa Bay Rays. And why? It's because of Martin Perez on the hill. Ryan Yarborough gets the start for Tampa, and Yarborough has uh, been pretty good, including a very good start last time against the Yankees. Um, Yarborough is capable of putting up uh, four, three, four, five shutout innings. Now, he does. he's a guy that doesn't go really deep through the lineup, uh, and Perez is having just a tremendous season for the Texas Rangers. Last time out, 
seven innings, one run ball. The outing before that, he pitched a complete game shutout against the Astros. He went six innings of one run ball against Boston. Um, six innings of one-run ball against Kansas City, seven innings of shutout baseball against Philadelphia, seven innings of one-run ball against Houston, six shutout innings against Oakland. So you're catching the drift here, right? Like these are the earned runs that he has given up in his last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven starts. In his last seven starts, he has allowed zero, one, zero, one, one, zero, one. That is a total of four earned runs allowed in his last seven starts. So that is the reason why the Texas Rangers are favored over the Tampa Bay Rays. Although this is, I know the pitching matchup's there, but man, it's kind of hard to see uh, Texas being favored over Tampa, even though they just beat Tampa here today on Monday. So might have to look at something in this game. Maybe a first five under. Backing Perez and, and maybe Yarbrough shuts down the Rangers. We'll see. Uh, Marlins take on the Rockies. No announced pitcher yet for the Marlins. It'll be Herman Marquez for Colorado. Braves are at the Diamondbacks. Charlie Morton against Humberto Castellanos. And Charlie Morton and the Braves are a minus 160 favorite. Astros and A's. Christian Javier on the hill for Houston. They are minus 135. Frankie Montas starts for Oakland. And then the Pirates against the Dodgers. The Dodgers looking to avenge the loss here on Monday. Julio Urias gets the start. No pitcher announced yet for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes, conventional wisdom. You know, maybe you throw everything out the window and you just say, hey, Dodgers ain't losing too straight to the Pirates, right? Well, we'll see who's starting for the Pirates and we'll see uh, what the price is because the price could just be way too high to make a play here on this game, even on the run line. And I think I saw, what was it, MGM hung a two-and-a-half run line on the Dodgers in this game against the uh, Pirates that they lost here on Monday. So it just goes to show you that you can't just take the heavy favorites and bet them on the run line and just bet blindly. And these underdogs do win. It's Yes, favorites lead the way, but it's baseball and anything can happen. And that's why I love betting it. And that's why I love, uh, you know, going and watching these games and and looking at everything that we see on a daily basis. Uh, Coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Brian Mahoney from the Associated Press covering the NBA. Uh, He'll join the program, talk about the NBA Finals, which get underway on Thursday from the Chase Center in San Francisco. Dennis Bernstein, Sirius XM NHL Radio, thefourthperiod.com, will join the program at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Conference Finals are now set. Avalanche and Oilers, Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals on Tuesday night. Rangers and Lightning, Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Finals on Wednesday. Colorado has home ice in the West. The Rangers have home ice in the East. And then Chris Bennett, uh, uh, Circa Sportsbook Manager, will join the program at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be talking about the offerings for the NBA Finals. Maybe the NBA Finals MVP market, which I'm going to place my bet on Marcus Smart at 100-1 to right here at Circa because you just can't beat that price anywhere. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. I'll tweet out uh, at some point on Tuesday when the Major League Baseball card is up on the vcin.com Daily Best Bets page. Keep checking that page. You'll get updated picks from all of our hosts and guests across the network, but I will specifically tweet when the Major League Baseball card from myself is up online. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead 
here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.